0: Welcome, once again, to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. I am the man who knows too much about Batman, Ben, and I am back in the driver's seat with my co-host, with Drew, the eternal boy who knows way too little.
1: <laughs> that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Here we are once again for Atavius Maximus, the man who knows way too much about Batman to regale us.
0: Yes, and with us is our old Uncle Joker.
2: Yes, it's your favorite uncle that's not even related to you. Uncle Joker here at your service. So happy to not be the one running the show, believe
0: it or (laughs) not. Gave you the lead on two episodes, and you're like, all right, I'm done. I'm done. done. (laughs) (laughs) oh man this is it um and then as you guys can see on the video we do have a special guest and i'm going to give him an intro here way back in it feels way back this is only just last year 2020 but oh man uh we covered (laughs) the dark knight versus the comics and i teased we would do an episode called the best comics you've never read which is not the name of this episode we found a much better one but anyway i said i would cover the batman sunday strips on sort of the first instance that covered the batman gordon harvey dent partnership in depth. And it took us a while, and we needed, it looks like two more people to join us, not just Zach, but also the man who introduced the comic strips to us, to Zach, to many others on the internet. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. Please welcome John Hefner of About Faces. Welcome, John.
3: Hi. Hey, well, a <laughs> <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's a pleasure. It's gorgeous. Uh,
0: john uh you run about faces which is a blog specifically on a lot of harvey dent and two face someone hugo strange and other great batman villains but mostly two face but an even more relevant page is the one i'm pulling up here for our youtube audience which is uh the daily batman uh and that is tying into the sunday batman comic strips that we're talking about today so i will let you introduce what exactly is this sunday comic strip
3: Hi. All right. So this comic strip is like it It was a a, a follow up to the movies, the Tim Burton movie. The first mm-hmm. one that came out, it premiered a few months, I believe, after uh, the movie came out and was a huge success. Mm-hmm. And this wasn't, of course, Batman's first appearance in the newspaper comic strips. He's been doing mm-hmm. it since the Golden Age, happened in the Silver Age in the 70s. But this is one that I never saw anyone talk about. Uh, and I was always kind of curious about it because mm-hmm. I want to read every single Two Face appearance, and this was the most. <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: yes. This was the most
3: ob- obscure one, and I didn't figure it would be anything worth really hunting down for, assuming I could find it. Because I mean, it, it, I w- I just sort of figured it would be a pretty standard Two Face has a two scheme thing, and mm-hmm. Batman would it, they would be very straightforward, not very in-depth versions of the stories for the mainstream newspaper reading audience.
0: Like Harvey Um, Apollo in the
2: 40s and stuff. Yeah,
3: straightforward, could be a Mm -hmm. good curiosity, could have some neat Mm -hmm. stuff, but I really wasn't expecting much. And then um, I ended up getting my hands on Comics Review Magazine, which was a magazine that published and reprinted newspaper comic strips um, of the previous few months. You'd get collections with Flash Gordon and Calvin and Hobbes and Bloom County. And then for a while, they did Batman. And I read some of these, and I was blown away. I was not expecting this level of this of an ongoing story arc that lasted for two years before its untimely mm-hmm. cancellation.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, I wasn't expecting something to be this interesting this unusual it's different even by today's standards in some ways it feels like a very old-fashioned strip and in other ways it was really progressive i just i got all the issues of comics review which re, which mm-hmm. reprinted them in lovely black and white but none of the color sundays in color and
4: mm-hmm.
3: i i read them from beginning to end, and i just thought this was this is a great strip and the and the fact that i'd never heard of it
4: mm-hmm.
3: really intrigued me and that made me, made me wants to to champion it to to actually you know post about it and show it off this is a great thing why have we never heard of this Mm um so thus i i i started posting it on my two face my original two face blog which is a live journal to show how old uh, this how long i've been at this (laughs) and uh the response was the response was really great. People were really surprised that this that they'd never heard of this before, especially with creators like Max Allen Collins, Marshall Rogers, uh, mm-hmm. Bill Mesner, lobes and uh, Carmine Fantino involved. And these are big names in Batman. They've all mm-hmm. been it. I mean, well, Mesner Loeb, Mesner lobes has done some small stuff, but he's of course most well known elsewhere for Wonder Woman and the Flash and mm-hmm. the Max. Um, oh wow! Yeah. Yeah, no. It, it, so I'm I. When I posted it the first time, the first uh, arc was by Max Allen Collins.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, I don't know if you want to actually you know get it. Ask me where you uh, to. I'm just going to keep just keep going like this until you, until you tell me until you tell me to the other things I'll just keep going oh, no, I guess go real quick into
0: who are the creative teams involved in this and then we'll start going into more of uh, what's going on with the strip.
3: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, so the first creative team that they decided to usher in Batman back to the newspapers was written by Max Allen Collins. Who, of course, is no stranger to newspaper comics. He was the handpicked successor for Chester Gould's Dick Tracy, okay. and hmm. he had he had a, a a long run on Dick Tracy. And still, I believe he's he, he, wherever he can. I think he still gets involved with Dick Tracy stuff. Um, while he was there, he brought back Chester Gould's very interestingly relate similar to Two Face villain, Half and Half.
4: Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> Half and Half. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah
3: uh and then of course when the uh crisis happened and then we got batman year one in the reboot max allen collins was brought in to st- start writing the main ongoing batman title and that's where he intro- he reintroduced jason todd as the street urchin stealing the hubcaps off the Batmobile, mm-hmm. and he did some he did a 2 Face story there too which with a very old-fashioned kind of 2 Face it was a fun story and then he just well i think he I think he he had other plans, but he was kicked off
4: mm-hmm.
3: replaced by Jim Starlin and the like, right, yeah, but i I guess someone decided we're doing this paper strip again. He knows the format. he is um familiar with Batman. They hired him to start writing it, and to team up with him, they got one of the greatest in my opinion on many others opinions, mm-hmm. greatest Batman artist of all time, Marshall Rogers from Strange mm-hmm. apparitions, mm-hmm. as you guys have discussed before and,
0: yeah, and Dark Detective, yeah
3: yeah just a brilliant artist gone before his time and their first story arc lasted a few months just a few months and it was it was very much it was it was reminiscent of a, a, like a sequel as we're discussing to mm-hmm. the batman movie it opens with a loose recap of the joker's crime wave and he tries to escape on a helicopter which is more mm-hmm. which is more comic-y and action figure-y a jo- joker copter it's a joker helicopter. yeah mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> in fact i'm going to uh show that right now so obviously in tying into what uh, john was saying this is pretty much the we consider the original 89 sequel comic and as john was talking about it does start with sort of a recap we have we see uh, for the youtube audience we're showing up panels from marshall rogers art we have vicky vale uh on an interview about how she was saved by batman who was fighting the joker and the joker tried to escape on the helicopter there's the joker copter uh. with the big giant joker face
3: <laughs> on it
0: and the marshall uh, rogers the marshall yeah.
3: rogers ha 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 is just wrapping around him huh? yeah
0: very reminiscent of uh. Uh, laughing for sign of the joker yeah and then uh batman basically prevented him from being able to make it to the copter and joker ended up falling presumably to his death and after uh let's they also say that the joker was quote rumored to be an underling of an organized crime boss assassinated earlier this year uh in other words jack palance's character without us actually Mm. naming him and then it says that batman gave them the signal uh after all this so clearly there's a connection (laughs) into the movies but as john was talking about it's it's also very comic accurate
3: what year did this come out again
1: 1989
3: 89 oh okay Uh all right yeah yeah it's kind of like uh, i i think would it be fair to compare it to like evil dead to evil dead 2 the way it sort of just compresses simplifies and then goes straight into the into its own sequel from there
2: yeah it's kind of an elseworlds version of that universe Mm -hmm. it's kind of like what we talked about with the action figures having the yeah, uh, tim drake robin in the batman returns line and penguin looking more like a classic comic book version it's like mm-hmm. yeah i like mm-hmm. that analogy for her evil dead 2 yeah where you're just yeah making everything a little bit simpler and a little bit more palatable and also more uh i wouldn't say comic book friendly but also just like you can kind of put your own style to it and it leaves the mm-hmm. joker's uh ultimate fate open mm-hmm. for him to right at.
0: yeah so as we can see here, Vicky Vale has red hair, like in the comics. Batman is in the blue and gray as traditional. Uh, on that, we have Joker and the Joker Copter, and I have for the YouTube audience a comparison between the Joker Copter there versus the Joker Copter in the movie, which just has his face, his face painted on the side. Uh, and then Joker actually falls into the bay as opposed to just becoming street pizza at the bottom of the cathedral. <laughs> so uh, that's actually very similar to what Steve Englehart wrote in his two treatments that we covered earlier this year. Uh, sure, so yes. check out those episodes if you haven't already, but that's how uh, Englehart funny enough wrote it because that's how Joker quote unquote dies at the end of sign of the Joker. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it makes sense that this is a sort of call back to that over here. Uh, and I believe according to what you wrote in your Tumblr, this is a, uh, earth 1289 as stated in absolute crisis on infinite earths yeah
3: apparently apparently um whoever compiled that decided mm-hmm. to acknowledge it in that form so it's mm-hmm. it's an official account at mm-hmm. multiverse even if only way people know about it besides my stuff is on wikipedia or something
0: yeah it is cool though <laughs> to, to get that acknowledgement because this feels absolutely forgotten yeah in a yeah. way yeah yeah so uh yeah as you were talking about the first team then is max allen collins and marshall rogers before we talk about the next team i thought i would sort of show a little bit of of what the first arc is without giving away i don't want to give away too many spoilers because i want people to sort of go to daily batman and discover it for themselves thank you but uh the first story arc does involve a uh, rash of murders of drug dealers and people uh seem to think well it's obviously batman he's the vigilante he's been off killing people when in reality it's Catwoman.
4: Uh-huh.
0: Now, this is interesting. This is kind of similar to the Sam Ham Batman 2 script where Batman is being blamed for Catwoman's murders, though obviously the execution here is a lot different. Here, she's not a hired assassin by the Penguin. She's a former gang member of the Crime Alley Cats, who uh, <laughs> was basically a drug, drug addict at one point, got caught, went through the juvie system, and after getting out, she started hunting after uh, the dealers of the crime alley cats and started killing them, becoming kind of her own murderous vigilante rather than the cat thief that she's commonly known uh, for these days. And she also weirdly has, as you can see in the visuals here, I was uh, CW. <laughs> 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 On her call.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Crime <laughs> alley cats reminds me of those like drunken. Looney Tunes cats that sing (laughs) on the fucking roof or the fence. Oh, and they had the
2: boot thrown at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just as effective. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, uh, yeah, her costume is interesting in this. For those who are just listening, Uh, she's in sort of the Golden Age outfit. Uh, as opposed to the skin Mm tight Michelle Pfeiffer type where she's in the cape and uh, you know the green cape and purple dress as much as you can tell in this black and white version. Uh, But there's a part here where she tells Batman that, quote, I took on this task, assume this dark identity because of the example you set. So uh, that's kind of an interesting thing. Michael Keaton's Batman obviously didn't have a problem killing people in the 89 film, but this version stays traditional with the whole no kill rule. So obviously this sets her and Batman at odds. Um personally I, I always find it kind of weird when they try to do this whole serial killer catwoman thing. I mean, yes, she's more willing to kill than Batman and has killed in the comics, but flat out just making her rack up a kill count sort of just feels yeah off to me.
3: Well to me it sort of feels like a pro like um proto huntress uh thing going Ooh, on
0: yeah yeah I can see that definitely and this she, feels a lot yeah. more huntressy yeah
3: it she feels huntressy but with you know the still longing to be with Batman thing mm-hmm. which they play into here. Uh, so it, yeah, it's, 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 it, it's a combination of things that doesn't, that I will, I can agree, it doesn't quite work, but it's still pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, totally. Her, as, as an her, alternate sequel to 89, yeah.
3: Yeah. And her outfit, too. Her outfit is kind of like that, too. It's re- interesting, but doesn't entirely work, but it's still unique. Mm-hmm. And it's still mm-hmm. something I've never seen before.
2: <laughs> right. So.
3: Then, yeah, they, is, um, Go
2: ahead. Did the. Am I thinking that the uh purple Catwoman outfit that's skin tight with the thigh high boots, that came out in the nineties. Is that correct? It sounds like per- a Jim Balant one, yeah.
3: Yeah, the 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 Balant. Um how is it pronounced? Is that Balent? Balant? Wow well, I could cool. be completely yeah. wrong
0: on that. It was wrong, Some of these the- names have only read and yeah. not out loud. Yeah, I was
2: just that's thinking that that's I was just thinking that maybe this is like the most recent version of Catwoman's costume that people know and I guess, like, they didn't think about updating it. I mean, at the time, was this the most recent? I feel like the only skin-tight outfit I saw her in was the 60s show and then that weird green Well, don't costume. forget the,
3: the gray suit from year one. Don't forget that one.
2: Um, True. Well, that was that, <laughs> in the 80s, yeah.
3: Yeah, and I don't think, let's see, before, I mean, she had the skin-tight um, green, yeah, the green one, and then I think that that, that wasn't, this. the um, year one one was the only full-body skin-tight one.
2: Yeah, there's mm-hmm. another like one where the I think it's sleeveless. It's like blue and has mm-hmm. like a really really weird cat mask. It's like a blue and red outfit. Yeah,
3: she's got she some she got yeah. pirate, pirate boots.
2: Yeah, yeah,
3: <laughs> right. Camel yeah.
2: <laughs> had some had some interesting wardrobe choices throughout the years.
3: Well, writers Indeed. seem to seem to constantly try to be trying to figure out what to do with her exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> Just put her in black. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Yeah. So I have I,
1: some overarching questions, <laughs> if you don't mind. Go ahead. Go, Andrew. Go. What so it was, it was in newspapers, USA Today, New York Times. What was it in?
3: That's what, that's another thing I've not been able to figure out. I'm not able to find its distribution. Only really that interesting all, all I was able to find out. Um, I mean, I guess if I would, if I could go back. If I go back to the D.C. area and go to Library of Congress, like I could probably scour through those um, newspaper archives there. But with the information that I have on hand, I really don't know what its distribution was. Only that it okay. suffered. It's but it's I do know that it suffered and fell off considerably over time within the two years it existed.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay.
3: And I think uh, it even all right. at one point near the end they were stopping daily some papers only had the sundays
1: okay and who? So this,
3: go ahead cool. I, was just, no, I was just i was just i was gonna say this, the stories themselves became a lot more condensed with sunday cat uh, strips basically recapping the week
2: mm-hmm.
3: since a lot of people couldn't read the daily ones
0: uh catwoman is not the only character who is in this harvey dent is in this and max Allen collins has this really interesting foreshadowing difference between his harvey and the one the movie foreshadowing in a way i'll explain in a bit which is that this harvey dent is against the bat signal he does not condone vigilantism and says that sanctioning a vigilante is a of questionable legality and this might sound very familiar to those who have been reading the recent batman 89 comic because harvey is anti-batman in that too so that actually mm-hmm. made it into the real batman 89 sequel comic series so that's and pretty I, wild
3: i honestly i would expect that sam ham would have read the strips I mean, yeah
0: that's uh, this is interesting too i was wondering about that i was like uh, we we suspect that there are a lot of people who have read this and that has influenced other stories because i will go in for later on but we have pretty solid evidence that the batman the animated series people read this
3: yeah it's it seems likely to me but of course you don't mm-hmm. want to just make us make a declaration about it without. <laughs> How, how, how are you going to go again it comes up to how are you going to go up to someone like paul Dini and say hey hey do you remember like 25 30 years ago Did you remember reading this strip and it influenced you like it, it just can't do it
0: it's gonna be like maybe <laughs> you know like
3: i read a lot of things kid leave me alone
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not like uh they run a weekly podcast where we study this stuff and try to find the origins of these things <laughs>
1: i study it when i come on to the podcast <laughs>
0: <laughs> so anyway uh if it seems like okay so far the harvin end things interesting but the Catwoman seem thing seems a little inferior to what we got to batman returns i understand i personally think this is one of the weaker arcs or the weakest arc in this current series but this is, we get a complete creative change behind the scenes, and John, you told me that th- we have no idea why
1: at this
3: yeah. point. When I first post this to uh, Live Journal, um, I, got, <laughs> I had a Live uh, Journal too. Man. <laughs> nice, oh. nice. We'll, we'll we'll split an then sugar someday. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A pr- prune juice. <laughs> uh, a warrior's drink.
1: <laughs> a warrior on, Any- the, on his throne.
3: So I, uh when I posted the live journal way back in the day, every so often some actual writer would pop up. Well, mm-hmm. and in this case, Max Allen Collins popped up. He mm-hmm. had a, 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 I believe, a burner account that he made, and commented on it, and it was just like, basically, thanks for t- um, talking about this. I, I don't ever see anyone talking about it. I barely remember anything about it, but thanks. Mm-hmm. And I actually wanted to ask him some questions and dig in while I had him there. And he honestly yeah. couldn't remember much anything about what happened or why mm-hmm. why he was replaced or why marshall rogers was replaced for that matter mm, yeah uh, you think why you think a, comp- a, a complete creative change would i don't know it, it would be more significant uh, so there must be some reason for it but i don't know who the editors were in charge i'm not sure mm. who like who really oversaw it i i know that dc had the rights and presumably had an editor involved and they were leaning on the strip syndicate to um just you know distribute it Mm -hmm. but i have been able to find nothing and keep i keep hitting dead ends when it comes to finding out who who uh all was involved and the hierarchy involved Mm -hmm. i have two theories on that yeah all right the
2: two theories are that it just happened it just existed if you if if the writers tried to go and find the guy behind the door there'd be no one there so it just mm-hmm. spontaneously happened or alfred wrote it alfred <laughs> alfred was he didn't write it alfred was the head chief in charge just like those other elseworld stories the legends of batman
3: what was it Ben? the
2: <laughs> Zach, what are you talking about
3: I are you doing the Neil Gaiman thing where Alfred was the Joker? Or, uh...
2: No, I was thinking about the Untold Legend of Batman, but I think it was in the Batman: Brave and the Bold, where like yeah. in the end. Knights of Tomorrow. Alfred, yeah, Knights of Tomorrow. That's what I was thinking of. That was Knights of Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. This, mm-hmm. this it was. I started out as a joke, which had failed. <laughs> <laughs> but I was saying like Alfred wrote. Alfred was the head chief in charge of this story. Well, mm-hmm. continue
3: thank, thank on. You. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Zach. So many years of mysteries, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell were we?
0: Solved that. Solved that. Okay, so uh, no Max Allen Collins as writer anymore. No more Marshall Rogers on art. We have an inker John Nyberg, who's stepped in, but we need a new writer and we need a new artist. So who steps in as the writer?
3: So they get uh, William Mesner Loeb's, who is a um i think i i think he's a, he, he was definitely a very important writer of wonder woman first wonder woman he invented mm-hmm. artemis
4: mm-hmm.
3: and he handled the whole um suit where she was in like a biker jacket
4: mm-hmm. uh, era. Oh, that era yeah
3: yeah um and he wrote some really good stories and was brought back in for the dc retrospective that uh, retro, uh, retroactive retroactive when they did a mm-hmm. series of one shots from um, famous from fame using uh, teams from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, his was chosen for the nineties to show that he was a- an indicative writer of that era. Um, he also wrote The Flash, Wally West, for a while, mm-hmm. and he wrote The Max with Sam Keith with the uh, the classic image comic, which was made into uh, adapted in uh, animated series and MTV. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a writer who has a rather wry sense of humor but it kind of keeps it, 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 it he's not a he, his his humor comes through what seemed like seemingly straightforward superhero stories mm-hmm. and i think he's a really underrated i've certainly gained more appreciation for even more since this mm-hmm. really underrated yeah. writer who had some really um important runs mm-hmm. um and teaming up with him was Carmine Infantino, who is, what, like the 60s Batman?
0: Andrew's favorite.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Best
1: name. (laughs) The best name. Uh, So, so hard. Yeah, he's
0: famous. Yeah, he's.
1: (laughs) So, so hard.
0: He's famous for the new look Batman cover with Batman with the Uh yellow oval with Robin on the rooftop, which I have the Funko uh, on, as you guys can see on the YouTube version. Uh, But yeah, he's famous for that. And uh, another note just to add real quick uh, is that I discovered in my research for this that Mesner Lopes also won the Bill Finger Award for Writing Excellence in 2017 and uh, has accumulated a lot of awards over the years for his uh, contributions to the comics. And yet he's, you know, he's not exactly at the tip of people's, you know, tongues or the top of our heads when we think of Batman writers uh, on it. And it's a shame given what we're about to dive into. terms of what this strip adds to the mythos
1: yeah so this guy was the second writer on the whole deal overall yeah second and and final one because he's he's
0: part of it throughout the rest of the entire run
1: and what was his overall did he have like a the feel of it change at all or like his Mm -hmm. writing style or did he kind of follow suit pretty much with the first guy
3: well, it's weird. It, they both have a certain mix of old-fashioned sensibilities.
4: Mm-hmm. they
3: they draw on they they both draw on a more uh, a classic um some golden age, some silver Age, some bronze Age. but they also have some modern sensibilities that they bring in too, which kind of run throughout in some subtle ways and some not so subtle ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Max Allen Collins, for example, was he I mean he 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 writes he would write hardcore mystery, mm-hmm. hardcore like noir gritty stuff but he also can be kind of a cornball and i say that affectionately
5: <laughs>
3: and mesner lobes um by teaming up with carmine infantino the strip t- um, as opposed to marshall rogers who was a much more detailed artist infantino was um uh, i'm not sure how how would one describe infantino's art it was it was certainly detailed for the 60s but mm-hmm. by the 90s early 90s it felt very retro
4: yeah and, it definitely does
3: and with mesner loves writing for the family newspaper audience it on its surface at least looks like a pretty family-friendly old-fashioned <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, strip
4: mm.
3: um which is when he you know will sneak in some of the more some more um mature not you know, sexy mature but um more, uh, mature uh political themes as well mm. so um I have completely lost the question. What's up? How
1: (laughs) how much I have one more actually. How much was on like one, I guess you don't might might not know this, but like on one in one newspaper, if it was a Sunday strip, would you get like a whole page of a comic? You have to read like twenty-two issues of the of the newspaper before you finish one story or
3: well the stories would last about two to three months. Okay. So they'd run, you know, you'd have a, a few like a three, two to usually three panel strip um for the dailies and then roughly um six to eight panel for the sundays
1: okay okay and okay
3: when you read them all together you know you're meant to be reading them day to day Mm -hmm. so because the next strip will have to try to remind you where you left off yeah uh, on the previous day so reading them all together as a comic can be a little repetitive
0: Gotcha. Yeah. Because yeah. there'll be recaps uh, on the Sunday ones where they, yeah. they previously more, on Batman. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: And then you go, Yesterday. and then you see previously on Batman, and then you advance about one, like a <laughs> 20, <laughs> second, 20 seconds, 20 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, come right. back next week. <laughs> yeah, right,
5: right, right. <laughs> right. Okay. It's like worth it.
0: <laughs> All right. So Bill nezer Loeb's teams up with uh, Carmine Infantino and John Nyberg to finish out or at least they didn't know at the time to finish out finish out the rest of this run and starting with the second story arc, we start seeing some major changes in the storyline that will also affect the rest of the Batman mythos. And one of the first things is that there's a new element to Harvey Dent where he's not just some anti-Batman DA. He's also golfing with Bruce Wayne, showing that he's best friends with Bruce Wayne. Now, I've noted that Sam Ham had Bruce and Harvey as friends in his 1986 draft for the 89 Batman movie, but that didn't really make it to the final film at all. Ham um, didn't – doesn't even get to write that until he does the 89 comic this year. So this is actually the first produced instance of Bruce and Harvey being friends, at least as far as I could find um, – I think as far as you could find too, John.
3: I believe um, so. Yeah. Well, it's, and it's an adaptation of the fact they were all – that um, Harvey and Batman were friends to some <laughs> degree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All the way back in 1942, when Two Face was uh, first premiered, um, mm-hmm. they were considered friends, and you know it's it wasn't really it, it was like you know work friendship maybe, yeah. <laughs> but they they still they still consider each other friends, mm-hmm. and so some writers would um, sort of play with that a bit that they had a steam and uh, bond as as mutual uh, crime fighters.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, but never made it much, much, much more personal than that. And but some writers would have it drive Batman's desire to redeem, and, or and or st- save Harvey from himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Others would just go, eh. He was a he was a guy who got ass in his face. No, I <laughs> now I got a punch him <laughs> in said face. That's all.
0: He really likes the number two. Yeah. That's <laughs> it. That's all you need.
3: Well, that's hard they been
2: there, Ben. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I believe that is a giant pile of moose. I'm not Ben, sorry. I believe that is a giant pile of moose oh God. and not what it looks like. So. Let us
1: let us call attention to Bruce's face half obscured as well. Hey! In this frame, at least.
2: It's foreshadowing, Andrew. Uh, there's, there's this is another identity. This is the I'll, real relationship. I'm going to point this out this to the everybody. Real
1: this happens across a lot of movies. If somebody is being duplicitous, doesn't have to be Batman shit. This happens a lot. It's, it's they'll they'll be half obscured or half half in shadow a lot of the time in, in, in many dramatic movies.
0: Or if it's the Long Halloween, it's uh, oh. like every issue of Harvey Dent be having him being half obscured yeah. in shadow.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I was about to say a Long Halloween drinking game for every time Harvey has a face <laughs> in shadow. <laughs> God help you if he makes a two pun. We're yeah, being subtle. <laughs> so we subtle always... he, un-
1: he pronounces the B in subtle.
2: <laughs> we only see half of Harvey's face here, too. I think that's also <laughs> <laughs> he oh, doesn't man. turn the entire episode. Always <laughs> oh, that profile. Yeah, he's hey, already 2 face here. We just don't know
1: it.
3: <laughs> kids, watch this closely. That's This is what's going to be gone soon. <laughs>
2: So
1: let me eat my humongous <laughs> bowl of chocolate mousse.
2: <laughs> I'm on that dirty bowl. I guess that's what he was sharing with poison ivy. But oh yeah, <laughs> she hooked me in with that chocolate moose.
0: Uh, so uh, this is foreshadowing of Batman the animated series, the Telltale games, and other versions where this happened. And it's explicitly said later that Bruce and Harvey were prep school friends and were roommates in college. So mm-hmm. uh, that idea all comes from. This and this is one of the first of many contributions that Bill Mesner Loeb provides for the Batman mythos. Uh, naturally, the villain of this next story is the other Batman Returns villain, who's the Penguin. Penguin. <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. this Penguin is also somewhat traditional. He is not, uh, you know, spilling black bile out of his mouth that type of thing. He's he's the regular uh, Penguin at this point. He's a fence who ends up kidnapping an ambassador's son. Uh, But again, the villain here is actually less important compared to what happens with Harvey because stopping the Penguin leads to this seminal moment where Harvey, Commissioner Gordon, and Batman meet on the Gotham City rooftop, Gotham City Uh Police Department rooftop. And I believe this is another first in comic history where this happens.
3: It's the second.
0: Oh, okay. Um, There we go. uh,
3: Actually, actually. (laughs) Well, no, 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 no. It might be the first, but by Mm -hmm. a narrow margin, because the same year, uh, Batman Annual uh, 14, fourteen came out. Yeah, was- I
0: was going to ask you actually when when that coincides with Eye of the Beholder.
3: Yeah, Go that the, the same year. Yeah, night. Uh, this is this is January ninety. This might mm. actually be the first. I'm not sure when the annual came out.
5: Uh, that's true.
3: Uh, but I don't think I think they were both just I don't think it um one was taking from the other. I think it was just a really happy coincidence of writers who decided mm-hmm. they wanted to involve Harvey Dent. S.D.A. Mm-hmm. da with batman and jim gordon in some capacity
0: right right in fact and here's um here's an image for the youtube audience on the left is uh that batman annual that john was talking about eye of the beholder mm-hmm. which has the meeting of uh batman harvey and gordon on the rooftop uh in 1990 and this this comic art by uh, andrew helfer well, what happened here uh <laughs> this comic art by uh, andrew helfer was basically remade Hmm. uh as the long halloween in terms of the Mm -hmm. two-face origin specifically uh so that is uh then copied for the long halloween and then i'm pulling up here and then the nolans read that and talk as if the long halloween was the one that created it and then (laughs) turn it put into the dark Knight, but it really starts yeah
3: that's a whole whole other other topic i could go off on uh
0: that's a whole other episode that we're gonna do (laughs) in halloween oh yeah i know
3: (laughs) <laughs> uh, i'm getting my ranting ready okay <laughs> looking forward to it
0: um and also both scenes end with batman disappearing and uh someone commenting on how he does that so you've got harvey being like i hate it when he does this and then you've got the long halloween being like he does that annoying isn't it from gordon so
3: you're right i haven't noticed that exactly or Yeah, i have forgotten
0: and this exchange, too, of, uh, I mean, I'm sure you'd notice this, too, uh, the dialogue of one versus saying gone and uh, Gordon saying he does that is also in Eye of the Beholder, but not with Dent. It's with uh, Dr. Klemper.
3: Yeah, yeah. Hmm.
0: Weird, weird lifts from Loeb. But anyway, that's a whole other episode coming in October. Uh, <clears throat> other significant thing that happens in this trip uh, is potentially the first or second, depending on the timing with, that batman annual uh one of the first times where harvey dent is given a coin at least i think of significance to him as opposed to it being the original golden age origin where the two-headed coin a lot of people remember this but the two-headed coin in the original origin was boss maroney's coin
3: sure was mm-hmm.
0: it was not harvey's so in this version it's a gift that bruce and harvey's wife alice give to him As opposed to what we, the more common associated one, which comes from the Eye of the Beholder Batman Annual Number 14 issue, where it was something that his abusive father used on him. Uh So, uh, this is another significant uh, contribution from Bill messer Lobes that may have coincidentally coincided with Eye of the Beholder, but it is still notable in here. Yeah, Uh, I,
3: I wonder what exactly happened in 1990. They made two writers just decide to to take in this direction after all these decades of it, you know, just mm-hmm. of the coin being, um, you know, the evidence from the trial. And it's, it's, I don't know what happened, but I'm, I'm sure glad it did because it's, it's yeah. like two of my favorite takes on the character.
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely deepened the significance of the coin as opposed to it just being like, well, this mobster, I was trying at it and I'm just going to use this thing, you know? So it, it's definitely <laughs> has um, deepened the character. On this, and I think maybe some part of it is they saw like, hey, this is speculation on my part. Don't take it as as gospel, but like they see Billy D. Williams in this '89 movie, and they're just like, well, maybe Harvey Dent's going to become Two Face in the next movie, so we better like revisit the Two Face origin or something. Mm-hmm. And then they revisit it in 1990, and Warner Brothers is just like, don't do Two Face. Stick with the '60s villains. Go with Penguin and Catwoman. So. That's my speculation on maybe that's why that got people into it.
3: It sounds, it sounds entirely, entirely possible.
0: Mm. So uh, this is the coin. And then the third story arc is where we get really interesting with the villains here. We have uh, the prisoners getting prisoners, uh, getting broken out by a group called the brotherhood of chaos. And the head of the brotherhood of chaos is a masked man calling himself the red hood. Now, standard Batman fans know that that's actually not probably going to be Jason Todd. It's going to be the Joker. The Joker is back. And this actually makes a lot of sense since this is similar continuity to 89. Yeah. So remember this is kind of rooted in 89. So the Joker was Jack Napier, not the Red Hood. So in this version, the Red Hood is a disguise that the Joker takes on later. But again, kind of foreshadowing of an idea of a Red Hood showing up as an antagonist after joker's already created obviously very different in storylines like under the red hood um and i believe the batman adventures tie-in with beat you know batman the Animated series had another version of red hood that was supposedly going to be andrea beaumont's mom but that's a whole other story wow. um yeah hmm.
3: uh, Wait, is, was that the ty templeton and dan slott
0: yeah yeah yeah
3: i i thought they wouldn't talk about that i thought i thought people were asking ty timleton for years what's going on with the red hood and he hadn't he actually someone got him to actually open up about that he
0: was just like them? well this ain't gonna happen anyway so i might as well open yeah. up about it i think that's what happened well damn
3: yeah well, damn.
0: yeah so that's what go it turned back out one too.
3: man.
2: uh you go red back hood? to the panel before that yeah, yeah. this one mm-hmm. his chin doesn't look as pointy as the joker's
0: well, he's he's wearing it's a, a com-
2: mask that makes him look like the chameleon in Spider Man. So it's a
3: com- it's a compression hood. Oh. <laughs> all right.
2: I was just looking at him, and I was like, "Man, that is the Joker." I don't remember this part. This was on About Faces as well, John.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I believe I I, yeah, I um, I've posted them all unless uh they they, they got swallowed up by either Tumblr or Photo Bucket. I think I must have just
2: I must have just focused on like the Two Face stuff. I I mm. remember Catwoman. I remember the early Joker thing with the helicopter, but mm. I don't remember the Red Hood stuff at all. That's really kind of cool that they they brought that into the kind of canon of the '89 universe.
0: Yeah, yeah, and that this is how he returned. Since he technically yeah. didn't really die, he just fell into the water in this version.
3: Ben, are you going to bring up the uh, the actual? plot that goes on around the whole red hood stuff and why he g- manages to get this much power.
0: You know and what? I'll let you I'll let you go into it.
3: Well, there's a cadre of far right businessmen who are actually explicitly described as being fascist in the story who want to be super tough on crime. And they are saying, "See, criminals are roaming the streets. Someone someone broke the criminals out of the streets. We we need to be tough on crime. The mayor was weak. We need to get Harvey Dent and make him mayor." because he'll be super tough on crime and he'll fire Jim Gordon and he'll get go uh, Batman and to take care of all that. Well, and it turns out they're answering to the red hood Joker himself mm-hmm. who are plotting to release the criminals to create the chaos as a power grab. So it is a whole storyline where Harvey Dent is pulled in and flirting with going full fascist. As again, it's explicitly described mm-hmm. as being in mm-hmm. the story and, mm-hmm. um, to become mayor so he has this whole temptation where he's trying to do i want to do this do i not want to do this he doesn't of course know that he just he just knows he's possibly throwing in throwing in with far-right politicians but he doesn't mm-hmm. know that they're involved with the joker and he finds out he goes oh god how i got so close to being used by them
4: mm-hmm.
3: and it, mm-hmm. this story also foreshadows in some ways um the dark knight with its treatment of some of the the ex-prisoners uh, many yeah. of whom, when the Joker tells them, "Go out, spread chaos, kill everyone," they're just like, "Wait, why? We
4: don't mm-hmm. want to do that."
3: And they just, they go, "No, we're not doing that. Leave." <laughs> and
4: mm-hmm.
3: so it it's another thing that sort of feels reminiscent. Obviously, yeah. a, obviously a coincidence. I can't I can't imagine that, that yeah. Nolan or Goyer read this themselves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, it's like
0: our source of material is going to be these Sunday comic strips nobody's read from exactly. 1989. <laughs> <laughs> that's where no, we get our Oscar-winning movie.
2: Nolan we'll had him pinned up on on his bedroom walls like a <laughs> like Charlie, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's like, that's, that's no, we're going to do this. Was going to talk about when, chaos because yeah. there was the Brotherhood of Chaos in the 1989 <laughs> comic strip.
0: It all's going to fit together
3: <sighs> inside, so. inside of my head at all times.
0: <laughs> uh, trust me, same here. Can we talk about
3: Batman? Can we talk about Batman? I'm yes. dying to talk about Batman. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: So if the audience has not caught on yet, there are now two of me on the show as of this episode. So oh, yes. yeah. I'm saying, I'm saying <laughs> yeah. so um the, yeah, there's stuff about chaos. There's Joker's men attacking hospitals and not wanting to attack the hospital. So that's as John was pointing out, similar to um Tiny Lister's character at the end of Dark Knight, where he's mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I'm I'm not gonna stand for this. I'm gonna throw out the the detonator and that type of stuff. Um, and there's also the interesting beat of Harvey being like, I'm clearly corruptible, so I'm going to resign. And Bruce talks him out of it. he's yeah. like, no, you're the hope for the city. And we're just like, um, you know, you could have prevented Two-Face from, from happening.
3: Exactly. <laughs> Harvey Harvey actually wants to resign. He wants to be mm-hmm. held accountable. He could have just, everyone, everyone was already like, oh, Harvey, glad you're back. Everything's fine. He went, no, I almost threw in, With this, I almost did this. I can't. Mm -hmm. I. I've got. I'm corruptible. I can't be involved in this. Mm -hmm. And Bruce is Mm -hmm. like, "You're fine." And his wife's like, "Yeah. What are you (laughs) gonna do? Go go fishing? Whatever.
4: (laughs) (laughs) You just stay in the job.
3: Yeah. You just stay in the job that's slowly destroying you, honey. And uh, you here. uh, (laughs) Just just play with the coin we gave you for your birthday, and everything's gonna be fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Bruce, Bruce is like at least you're not Batman like your job yeah. is easy my job is hard <laughs>
5: so,
0: it's uh, it's it's pretty fun to, to read but also I think I've always kind of wanted to read a lot of stories of Batman teaming up with well this isn't really a team up with him and Harvey but at least like a slower more gradual development of Harvey into Two-Face because a lot of times it's just like kind of like what we see in the long Halloween where it's just like okay here's the partnership for like you know, a quarter of the story, and then he gets the acid hit in the face, and it was like, yeah, okay, I, but like, what about other stories beforehand? You know,
3: I I'd like to see more of the actual process of the trio with uh the police arresting mm-hmm. and I know Batman capturing the police arresting and Harvey yeah. prosecuting. I would have liked to have seen more of the Law and Order in Gotham kind of process, mm-hmm. like at you know, bong bong Law and Order. I mean, yeah, uh, <laughs> I I
2: just need Tommy Lee Jones a little TV clip, and that's it for me. No, that, that's, you
3: know, that's all. fine, too. That's fine,
2: too. <laughs> just, just kidding. I want the animated series <laughs> version. I love seeing Harvey in I think those one first of the big couple three. episodes.
0: Sorry, what was that?
2: I'm just saying I love the animated series version because I like seeing Harvey in those first couple episodes before he's, you know... That's true. Two-faced. That's, it's, that's it's true. Nice. Though I,
0: it is it is nice, but also it's kind of like, I wish there was more. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. But oh, God. Especially because of the fact that Bruce and Harvey are friends. It's not like... You know, it's not like the Dark Knight version where they kind of just they meet. He's allies with him, but there's not really that connection. Like clearly, there's a backstory there with the one in, in the animated yeah. series.
2: I think there's a few issues uh, from the beginning of like the Batman Adventures where Harvey mm-hmm. is still Harvey. It's before he's. It's supposed to take uh, place yeah, before yeah. Two Face Part mm-hmm. One, so there's yeah. a little bit they of extension, yeah. but yeah, mm-hmm. not not enough.
3: I remember being a uh, you know a kid watching Fox Kids, watching Batman and. And seeing like, wait, that car- that guy's going to become Two Face. I think I knew that. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, they're friends. I'm interested. And it becomes <laughs> Two Face. I went, I want, I yeah, I wanted more of that. I'm, yeah. I'm really intrigued by this dynamic. Mm-hmm. I, I always had a thing for like when we watched the, the Spider-Man cartoon. Oh, Spider-Man and Doctor Octopus is his teacher. Well, yeah. I want more <laughs> of that relationship. Give me yeah. more of that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. When are Some things going to go south, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, I so. Get into it. After the storyline is probably one of my favorites in this, which is The Trial of the Joker. Now, Mm -hmm. this is really interesting because of just how different it is from regular continuity. You have the Joker's lawyers as characters dealing with the moral dilemma of, like, we need the money, but we also have to try, like, we have to defend this guy um, (laughs) on it. And in this take, Harvey Dent is so hell bent on taking down the Joker that he starts resorting to also foreshadowing of the Dark Knight uh, wiretapping, (laughs) wiretapping the Joker's Mm -hmm. lawyers, believing that the ends will justify the means on this. Uh, So, again, sounds very familiar. Um, But (laughs) Batman is the one who actually puts a stop to this and believes that Harvey is going too far with people being like, yeah, but you hate the Joker. And Batman says, I hate this more. So, uh, this is the beginning of Harvey's descent into becoming Two Face, and Batman in this version is very much trying to defend the Joker's right to a fair trial,
4: mm-hmm.
0: which I think is really interesting. On that, I mean, yeah, this is pre vigilante. Joker, yeah, <laughs> pre Joker killing Jason Todd and all that type of stuff. So maybe his attitude changes later, but in the beginning, he's just like, "No, he deserves a fair trial."
3: Well, the problem yeah, the is fair trial, no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. The Joker's, it's not just the Joker himself, too. It's the fact that the Joker's thing, his, tr- his trial involves not the Joker's lawyers, who are just guys people doing their jobs. Right, yeah. But also the citizens of Gotham, too, who are getting whipped up in a almost like a lynch mob of, of anger mm-hmm. to, by Harvey Dent, um, yeah. who is trying to stoke the, the public anger against him, with entirely understandably on Harvey's part, but it mm-hmm. also leads to one of the jurors being... Um, harassed to the point that she has a heart attack
0: yeah yeah that part too
3: it, it,
0: gotham is definitely its own character in this mm-hmm. specific storyline i know people say like oh gotham's its own character when they're just talking about like the city and the architecture but here it's like the the, the city itself the different citizens within uh that's definitely a factor in the storyline and uh, that's what makes it so unique because it's just like i've never read anything like this i've never actually thought about how do you put the Joker on trial and what's Batman's role in this and, and how would Harvey do that? And what do you do if you're the Joker's lawyer and that stuff, that's all done. Like this is way, this is the medium of this is a Sunday comic strip. You know, it's just like, it seems wild that this is where it is. Yeah. wise,
1: It seems deeper than normal. Mm-hmm. Basically yeah. than the other comics at this time.
0: Yeah, especially comic strips, but even the comics, like the regular issues themselves, I would say. Yeah, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay.
2: I did like the uh, inference that the Joker laughs the minute that he wakes up. There's a couple bands <laughs> back, but the, the guards are like, oh, he's awake again. Sounds like death laughing. And I was like, so Joker just opens his eyes like, ah, starts laughing immediately. <laughs> yeah.
3: the, the thing about this storyline too, the Joker doesn't do anything the joker is yeah exactly he has he has no he's grand scheme yeah he's just enjoying himself he's mm-hmm. enjoying watching all this swirling around happening in front of him as things are falling apart and he hasn't he, I mean, he doesn't have to do a damn thing anymore but kick back and laugh and that's do interesting you, do
2: you mm-hmm. think at the end of the dark night the joker was just involuntarily committed to arkham do you think there was ever a a trial or anything like that i mean He's never mentioned again, except for in the novelization. But I always Mm. wondered, like, you know, if there was a sequel, if he would have been on trial and stuff like that. But yeah, do you think he'd just be involuntarily committed?
0: I mean, Uh, it's a possibility. I'm not really sure, but it is funny you bring that up, Zach, because I was going to bring up the original plans that David Goyer had that would have had the Joker on trial. Yeah. Yeah, I've
2: read about it before.
0: Yeah. So here it says that uh, the idea was, quote, the next one would have Batman enlisting the aid of Gordon and Dent in bringing down the Joker, but not killing him, which is a mistake they made in the first movie. Instead, we're going to kill Two-Face, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, So so that stays pretty true to what happened in The Dark Knight. But he says in the third, the Joker would go on trial, scarring Dent in the process, thus creating Two-Face.
3: I am glad you found this. I remember reading this, but I have not mm-hmm. actually been able to find it again. And let me tell mm. you, I have been sad that this is not what happened for <laughs> yeah. years. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I an entire dedicated movie of Harvey Dent and mm-hmm. a dedicated movie of Two Face. I just I with the Joker just being there laughing on the sidelines mm-hmm. just would have. Uh, it breaks yeah. my heart that it didn't happen that way.
0: Even I more, I would have had makeup on. Oh, does he have like the makeup on, on in the trial?
2: If he's on trial, I feel like he would have been washed off. Uh, that's
0: a really good question. And I don't know if I would have wanted to see that. I mean, yeah, you do see that that glimpse of him when he's the cop in the parade, but...
3: It's his constitutional it been... right to wear makeup.
2: <laughs> I think it would have been more effective if they, like, didn't linger on him very long if he was on trial but no makeup, mm-hmm. like, shot from different angles and stuff. I don't know, uh... Um, maybe it is something yeah. i think about as an artist i've, I've like thought about like these different uh, mm-hmm. i guess forms of him that we never are going are going to see but things mm-hmm. that could have been because i remember reading this too and thinking like oh man that would have been like a really great three-part uh film series yeah,
0: yeah. more so for just the development of harvey and i said like even more ideally harvey's in the first one but yeah you know take what you can get i guess in in this scenario where he's introduced in the second one we get the sort of the rise of him and then the fall in the third one and he becomes two-face and
2: but wasn't in he was supposed to be in, in batman begins right he they replaced him with that finch
3: guy do you remember that well so th- you, go ahead, you go John. First, it's your show. You talk. <laughs> Thank you.
0: <laughs> it doesn't matter, but uh, I, I feel like you have the same ideas that I have. Where it's just like, I, I believe what I remember is that in the opening of the absolute long Halloween, there is a mm-hmm. talk. There's talk about the fact that Harvey Dent was originally thought to be in it and they couldn't, quote unquote, fit him in, and so they created Rachel to take his place. There is one line mentioning Dent in the David Goyer first draft of Batman Begins Mm -hmm. uh, where Rachel's like, we got to bring in Harvey Dent and um, her boss, uh, the Finch character is just like, you know, let's not, you know, let's not bother him with that type of stuff. And that's it. But that's pretty much what it is. So it seems like that was likely going to I mean, if you just outright replace Rachel with Dent, yes, it could work for the most part, except for, you know, the other the than love interest is. love interest side but what I'm saying is that you would also have a complete sausage fest of a movie
3: yeah that that would also be a problem for sure
0: yeah.
3: but on the other so. hand uh yeah uh, if then that's, that's, the, that's the thing they're also childhood friends in that one too Rachel yeah. and Bruce are childhood friends so she mm-hmm. she plays the role of being um the the harvey role of being the best friend and the moral pillar in the district attorney's office and the partner the Batman and society yeah. yeah so
4: it's
3: it's but yeah but i think she was just meant to fill a basic role not meant to be harvey himself
0: yeah 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 i think so uh so it seems like okay <clears throat> this might be this comic strip is the closest we might get to see to this idea of joker's on trial Dent's trying him right maybe mm-hmm. this is how he becomes 2 Face, right not necessarily because mm-hmm. the trial ends and joker's declared insane Dent and Gotham are all pissed and outraged that Joker doesn't get the death penalty. And that's the end of the trial. Joker does not scar Harvey Dent in the trial. He doesn't have really much involvement at all, actually, of turning Harvey into Two-Face because Joker's not the one responsible for turning Harvey into Two-Face. Gotham turns Harvey into Two-Face. Now, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, I really want to check this out to find out more, then head on over to... Daily Batman and find out about it and read the full storyline and then come back for a little bit more of a spoilery uh, discussion on this strip's take on the origin of Two-Face. And we'll catch you
2: after the break. Here at Chat of the Wild, our game club podcast, we have been using our lens of truth to do deep dives on the Legend of Zelda series in order covering one to two dungeons each episode. Our show also looks at Zelda likes such as Crusader of Senti, Golden Axe Warrior, and the bizarre journey of For the Frog, the Bell Tolls. Join us right now as we play Ari and The Secret of Seasons, our first new release since Season 1. Or check out our past seasons, breaking down nearly 20 action-adventure titles. New episodes drop every Wednesday, here on the Greenlit Podcast Network.
1: Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? Talking about dogs, y'all.
0: As you might have heard...
1: And we're back.
0: We are. Yes, we are back. And so we're going to continue the discussion on how exactly does Harvey Dent become Two-Face in the original comic strip written by Bill Mesner uh, Loeb. So as stated before, the Joker does not use his acid flower on Harvey Dent during the trial to scar him. So how does Dent become Two-Face? Let's talk about the storyline called The Second Birth of Two-Face, which is, I guess, kind of meta because it's not like Two-Face was born before this. What's your opinion on this, John?
3: Should that second, mean second birth of, of Harvey Dent, maybe? I'm not... I just don't know. Yeah. I am uh, at a loss for that.
2: Because <laughs> I'm just like, well, technically, it's the birth of Two-Face. Maybe, maybe if it was just the second birth, it might have been cool. Ooh.
3: Yeah. That's that way would, better. Yeah. That would yeah. <laughs> have you got to work with the, the villain's name in there somewhere, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess so. So, uh, for the YouTube... Uh, audience we're looking at a comic strip that introduces a man named jack estrada it says quote this is jack estrada tomorrow he's going to the circus notice it's haley's circus with the flying graysons it says tomorrow he's going to the circus today he's going to kill the joker so estrada is an enraged gothamite who is pissed that the joker did not get the death penalty so he decides to basically do the job himself walks to the courthouse with a bottle of acid to assassinate the joker what could possibly go wrong <laughs> uh, when he throws it Batman intervenes and tackles Joker trying to save his life causing the acid to fly towards Alice Dent Harvey's wife so to save his wife Harvey takes the hit himself and this is really interesting when I got to this part I was like this is this is so off canon but also I really love it in a weird way <laughs> because mm-hmm. it's it's not a random mobster who throws it at Dent and Dent now turns into this mobster hunting executioner like we see in The Long Halloween and The Dark Knight. It's it's technically Gotham plus Batman's moral code that makes Dent into Two Face in this. The outrage but it's, of also, Goth- it's yeah. also
2: an act of heroism of Harvey mm-hmm. too to save his wife.
0: Yeah,
3: which is this, interesting this is lot, given right? how he was you know morally falling apart with the wiretapping. Yeah, like, that too. Mm-hmm. He still had a last act of heroism. And Mm -hmm. also that Jack Estrada is horrified that he hurt Harvey Dent.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just like, whoa, okay. Yeah. Already Estrada has more depth in these panels than Boss Moroni usually has.
3: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
0: (laughs) I'm like, this is, uh, again, fascinating character study. A comic strip does not, you know, newspaper comic strip has no business being this good. (laughs) And this in-depth, really. But that's why we're covering this um so dent is scarred and it actually looks pretty damn horrific for his sunday <laughs> comic strip and also for carmine infantino my god
1: this is cool
0: it yeah. he he looks like i don't know freddy krueger on one half of the site it, it looks for those who are listening in you're going to check out the youtube version or check out daily batman in order to see the visuals but it is horrific looking uh what his two-face looks like in the it hospital awesome. bed yeah,
3: I wonder if yeah. parents were up, were parents were upset about kids seeing a two faced that looked like this in the newspaper. Assuming that it was the kids reading it and not just the parents. Yeah, <laughs> or, or not or, upset or, at all. <laughs>
2: kids they
0: following t- along with of this wiretapping plot. Yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Made of tougher stuff back
3: then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, serious wiretapping uh, ethics for kids. Mm. Yes, of course. <laughs>
1: government government overreach yes yes <laughs> yeah
0: so let's, let's harvey, talk about it yes harvey is two-faced here and becomes a new villain for batman to stop i won't go too much into what he does i'm just going to jump to a more another significant uh moment in this which is batman of course has to stop him in order to stop him he throws another coin at Two Face, mm-hmm. in order to confuse him, which is what we see at the end of Batman Forever, as well as at the end of Batman the Animated Series, uh, Two Face Part Two, uh, and both the newspaper strip and the episode have uh, Harvey's wife or fiance comforting him after he has his breakdown about the coin. Yeah, which is Batman also why I'm just like, it
2: was, uh, well, Batman Forever <laughs> sugar and spice, I guess crawled down there to it's <laughs> a <to> comfort <laughs> yes the comfort of the corpse. Yeah. it's like Ugh, please help me so. there's
3: roping down one after the other
0: yeah. so yeah but I mean this but, is it's it's because of the Bruce and Harvey being friends plus this moment I'm just like I, I don't see how they did not read this yeah. I like think it, it's it's too coincidental for this to mm-hmm. not be a case I agree. uh and also the the fact that in both versions, uh, Harvey does not get acid in the courtroom either. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's very different still in the animated series versus the newspaper strip, but uh, they're both sort of early instances of just like, well, he needs to get scarred. He doesn't necessarily need to get scarred while the trial's happening. Um, so that's interesting because I, I feel like these days it's almost uh, more popular now to just make him scarred through other means. <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen the courtroom origin just in general.
3: Yeah, no, I... I... I'm at a point where I would long to see a classic acid in the face from a mobster courtroom scenario. Mm. I feel yeah. like, I feel like everyone's reinventing something that that's been so long gone. They don't even know what they're, they're, they're trying to subvert or do a twist on. Mm. Yeah, yeah, this,
1: exactly. This newspaper version sort of, I feel like they'd use this for uh, if they ever made Harvey, you know, like a two-faced movie in the style of Joker. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, because,
3: oh. But it, it kind of it kind of feels like made, Gotham made. That's John's
0: dream movie. There, yeah.
3: I, mean, I mean, look, we're getting the Cobblepot show. I keep. I'm wondering, is it going to happen? Is it going to? I don't yeah. know. I,
0: first, they got to bring him into that continuity. This is another Batman early days thing that does not have Harvey in the first movie yet. I'm like, Ugh, come on. <laughs> I'm
3: used to it. I accept. I, know. My, I I accept my lot. Is Harvey supposed <laughs> to kind of be there mm-hmm. from year one, like?
0: i mean he's well, literally in year one he so he's yeah. in year one okay mm-hmm.
4: i got
3: you at least since the 80s continuity
0: yeah yeah okay. Uh so we can thank so frank Piller for that
3: there might be a
1: reference to him in matt reeves maybe but yeah there's assume... he's obviously not showing up unless they've really hidden that part of the fucking movie
3: we'll see yeah. Yeah. we'll see we'll yeah, see i we might get a post credits hint or something but i don't mm-hmm. i don't know
0: yeah it's a possibility But uh, this is the end of the Two-Face arc. We have a couple other arcs, um, but first, uh, Two-Face gets sent to, uh, quote, a new facility that just opened. It's called Arkham Asylum. (laughs) Clearly, they'll be able to help him poor harvey uh and also his his cell is right next to the jokers so he's yeah, not I'm having just, a I'm happy just time want to
1: kill myself at this point.
2: <laughs> how many just how many cells do down. they have come on
1: now need a, need <laughs> a a fucking some to not kill myself <laughs> <laughs> if i had to be in a cell next to this fucking idiot,
3: Look, they, 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 they put them in next to each other it's a brand new facility joker's in cell one harvey's in cell two and so on that's how it works it's like <laughs> First it's come cast- first served.
0: <laughs> it's a castle like oh. asylum, but we only have two cells. <laughs> one for Joker, yeah. one for two face. <laughs> Bring hey, in another system, villain, we guys, don't have room. They,
2: yeah. they can't mess up their system, like you know. Mm-hmm. Keep them in nope. cell two.
0: Yep. Uh so after this, we have a story arc that Andrew and I actually covered in an old Patreon episode where we were covering uh specifically the different origins of Robin. So here is the newspaper strip version of the origin of Robin, which is somewhat traditional. You still have the same stuff where where the circus is getting extorted, this time by a mobster named Mr. Bryant instead of Boss Zuko. Um, You also get another instance where the Robin outfit comes from the circus uh, rather than from Batman himself. It's the exact outfit, yeah. Uh, So that's much yeah so in this version it's justified (laughs) by the fact that his parents are like hey we're going to perform in gotham gotham's associated with costume characters so let's create a costume character for our show in gotham
1: it's justified by the fact that no one has come to see the flying Graysons.
0: (laughs) (laughs) they pretty much die before he's able to wear it which is what happens in the 2000 uh, for the batman cartoon but uh yeah this is kind of continuing the trend we've talked about before on this podcast where Steve Englehart kind of starts it in his script treatment for the 89 movie where he says that Dick Grayson wears a red vest as part of the acrobat uniform. And he carries that over in the Robin outfit as a tribute. And then Sam Hamm just outright has Dick Grayson wearing the Robin outfit as the trapeze uniform. Uh, and then year three, I believe is the one that ended up just being like, you know what? It's the same uniform, which is <laughs> problematic for anybody who recognizes the act later on when yeah. he's Robin. But right. that's why I like the Englehart version. But Anyway, uh, in this version, still his parents still die from falling from the trapeze. Dick dons the Robin suit to go after the killers, and he runs into Batman, who does actually get injured, which leaves Robin to take care of him. And now we have this weird chase movie type of thing where Robin is taking care of Batman in the Batmobile and doesn't really know what to do with him, and he's also from out of town. So when he finds out that Batman is Bruce Wayne, he's like,
2: I don't know who that is. <laughs> <laughs> so
3: it's the justice league <laughs> flash thing totally yeah yeah exactly. uh, yeah
2: oh yeah yeah also yeah. kind
0: of ties into how you know people reporters didn't know who bruce wayne looked like in uh, the 89 movie uh, yeah. i don't think that was a deliberate reference but if there is a tie-in to that
3: the,
0: you know there's already a tie into that continuity so it kind of makes sense to this version it's,
3: it's of an era where uh, a quainter era where most millionaires were not celebrities <laughs>
0: <laughs> right true true there's even uh, it right. threw me, too, because I rewatched the first appearance of Penguin in the 60s show. And uh, Adam West shows up as Bruce Wayne to Penguin's umbrella shop. And Penguin's like, I don't know who he is. He's probably some rival umbrella store salesman or something like they don't know who <laughs> Bruce Wayne is in the 60s show either.
2: So I'm like, <laughs> I mean, okay. like
1: this is what John's saying, right? It's he's not like an Elon Musk type for a long time in the history, right? He's just a wealthy dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not mm-hmm. an international billionaire. That's right. not, that's that's a that's a later thing, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. It's a more recent thing compared to what we're used to seeing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd rather uh, than
1: go back to just being like wealthy and not like Elon Musk, yeah. uh, Richard Branson level.
0: Go way back to thirty nine, where he's in a brownstone, the bat suits in yeah. the trunk. Yeah, <laughs> just yeah. no Alfred.
1: <laughs> have him a little rich. It get it just gets messy when he's a super famous as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. I know you're supposed to suspend a lot of disbelief with this stuff, but. Mm-hmm.
3: There's just a better way out yeah. there. Yeah, its yeah. It strains credulity. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: let's see. So that Robin, as you can tell, probably you can guess, he saves Batman, ends up becoming a sidekick. End of story. You know. Uh, but the next storyline is really fun, as it's called the Deadly Riddle, and features the most hilarious, dumbest version of the Riddler ever.
3: <laughs> I, features killer I... Crook. <laughs> I love this Riddler. He is it is ter- hilarious. Yeah, yeah. He is terrible at his job, and it's great. <laughs> and his look, listen, listen. I love a smart Riddler. I mm-hmm. love a Riddler who is fair, who is cunning, who has brilliant riddles, who actually is the smartest person in the room. This is, should be everything I hate, and this is this is it's comedy gold. This this whole Riddler is comedy gold. Mm-hmm. He's a complete loser. That's <laughs> and awesome. And the story knows it, and it yes. has so much fun with it.
0: It does. And it, it's, what, it's one of those rare situations where they can get away with that because yeah. of how fun the story is. Because usually, like we did a whole, we did Patreon episode on the animated anim- adaptation of Hush. And we were just like, why do you keep referring to Riddler as a C-lister? Riddler is yeah. a much more popular, He's <laughs> way more of an A-lister than Hush. So why like, is he considered a C lister? He's movie? an A lister. He, yeah, he was in the
1: '66 show that may, that that skyrockets you to A.
3: He's
0: the first villain much. in the '66 show. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: Look, there is a long discussion we could also we could have about the way the Riddler and like and Penguin with mm-hmm. the relationship with the '60s show with the writers who came up with the '70s and '80s mm-hmm. like Danny O'Neill. We love Danny O'Neill, but he hated the Riddler and made it clear <laughs> the Riddler. He made it. Mm-hmm. He He. Made, he insisted in the stories with jim gordon saying in an issue of the question that the riddler wasn't also ran a a Mm c-lister and i think it was he was a hangover from from the era of batman 66 that they wanted to forget
0: that's an interesting point yeah like maybe it's it's because they're trying to over correct in a way
1: yeah it's it's just hard to write riddles in and of itself right
2: That's also why it's
0: not around that much in the animated series they were just like we don't really want to deal with this bullshit i feel like that's the whole reason why he's not in no man's (laughs) land either they're just like uh riddler is the only one who doesn't go to gotham he he leaves after arkham breaks out because we don't have to deal with that bullshit
3: (laughs) which is why it's hard to it's hard to write a smart riddler because you have to actually bring an action actual intelligence and hard work into it Mm -hmm. and i can't i can't imagine doing it it's It's Mm -hmm. like trying to write uh, Lex Luthor if he actually well well, actually knowing how to engineer a suit. (laughs) Right. The step-by-step instructions on how to engineer the super suit. Mm
4: -hmm. It's Mm -hmm.
3: it's tough. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But thankfully Loebs doesn't have to do that here. He decides to go all out with the Riddler being uh, a joke.
0: Maybe some of that is because of the fact he has to do this like every week. So he's just like, look, there's no way I'm gonna do this intricate, like really intellectual puzzle game thing so yeah. i'm gonna go with this route instead and i think he
2: sounds like ben uh this the Riddler. Riddler. yes
0: hmm. are you thinking of doing a voice for him
2: i am i keep looking <laughs> at this this dog here i kind of imagine this like sound effects and like music like don't do don't do don't but he's like what is the saying like ooh. Stop! Help! <laughs> oh, great. First the dog, now the wind. Sigh. <laughs> Riddle me this. How is Eddie Enigma like an aluminum leg? Neither one can get a decent break.
3: Kind of sounds like Tom Kenny. It's like so funny.
2: <laughs> a little bit, the yeah. Entire... I was thinking of Fry. Yeah. Well, the yeah. entire okay. time
3: you're reading that, I just hear a sad trombone playing over and over in my head before you even did it. It's yes. just what, That was the voice of the sad trombone. <laughs>
2: he just looks so pathetic. <laughs> uh,
0: one of my favorite bits comes from this part. Zach, if you want to do the Riddler, I'll be Batman.
2: Oh, yeah. In this.
0: <clears throat>
2: How did you ever find me?
0: Funny thing. When Robin disappeared, I began to search. And I asked myself, who else would build their secret headquarters in the shape of a question mark?
2: <laughs> Too flamboyant. I knew it. I'm gonna kill that architect. (laughs) He looks like uh, What were we talking about? Those commercials, the sellers commercials? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like "Mm." he looks like an Earthworm Jim, like cartoon (laughs) all of a sudden. Good lord
0: yep so uh, that that's funny reference.
1: though
0: yep <laughs> we did it in a, we did it in a patreon on all the batman commercials yeah. so yeah that, uh, that totally is what it reminds me of yeah oh that's awesome okay. but yeah this this Riddler's is just hilarious and also a surprising amount of depth for being an idiot too because uh um, yeah you, you'll see what happens at the end i won't give it away but it is interesting how they develop this version of him uh which leads into the final arc which is the big finale uh if the Trial of the Joker is like my favorite, maybe this is my second favorite or maybe this is my favorite and Trial of the Joker is my second favorite, but this is definitely up there. Uh, and the final boss is the Mad Hatter kind of. Yes. So this is really cool. It's a ver this version of Mad Hatter is an Arkham Asylum inmate who ends up taking over the asylum, controlling the staff with hats. And we already have, as you saw, the two other cellmates in there, uh, <laughs> Two-Face and Joker are inmates in this assignment in the asylum. So the big finale is Batman going into Arkham, facing Joker, Two Face, and Mad Hatter, mm. and this turned into the final arc for the newspaper strip. Uh, and the it's not so much what happens with Mad Hatter or of Joker, but there is uh, basically I, I don't know if Mesner no, Loeb's knew that this was the finale on it, but it definitely feels like hey, it's time to actually complete Harvey Dent's arc. Uh, his his arc does not end with becoming two-faced like so many other versions are where it's just like okay he's two-faced now just make him go off and do a bunch of two-time, two themed crimes here he develops two-faced and we get a very unique uh take on in terms of what happens with harvey on here that i believe john you say on your blog that you feel like the ending of this is how you wish the dark knight ended
3: it, it is it is i mean mm-hmm. i the ending of this man we're hey, we're not we're gonna uh, you you've you, you've i was prepared to go full spoilers but i will <laughs> well I, I i like the idea of keeping spoilers so yeah, <laughs> come to my blog
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll do a spoiler specific section in a, in, a, in a bit that way we the can man do yeah. That, yeah
3: as far as i can i can tell because as i had heard distribution was drying up so he, mm-hmm. i think he knew the writing was on the wall
4: because
3: mm-hmm. it sure seems like he it was able to wrap it up uh, with enough time to do everything he, pretty much everything he wanted to do, at least where Babette and Harvey was concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, the Joker himself doesn't get to do much other than the page you're showing here, where he mm-hmm. gets brainwashed with a hat and gets punched out. There <laughs> sure. are hints in the strip of like a, a character who was probably Clayface. Yeah. He's this, he's mm-hmm. this guy with a melting face who is quoting Shakespeare in his cell. And it seemed like it was setting up to be another villain for later arc. Hmm. I assume it's meant to be Clayface, because who else would have a melty face while also being an actor?
0: Exactly, yeah.
2: (laughs) I like that it's the, uh, pretty good assumption. Yeah, Yeah, it's the, it's
0: it's the the mustache. uh, Mad Hatter as well. Mad
2: Hatter. The way
3: he appears in, um, yeah, he's got the Batman 66 imposter design. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he has an interesting origin too, where he's not related to Alice in Wonderland at all yeah. it's it's due to the um mm-hmm. the idea of mad hatters being created due to the the mercury and going mad due to the sort of what is it like the interference of other people that type of thing and how that ties into his own backstory of how he was screwed over as a businessman so it is it's more of a thematic tie than just like well what other gimmick can we have today let's just make some alice in wonderland type dude that guy looks evil let's do the mad yeah. hatter
3: <laughs> yeah it also feels like a it feels like a tas origin it feels like reminiscent Mm -hmm. of several villains who were you know screwed over by some rich corporate um their their boss or their rival or something that's what this one feels like he's he is plotting revenge against the people who drove him crazy and stole Mm. his work and at the same time going hey you know what i'll just make myself king of arkham asylum it's 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 good to be the king so
0: (laughs) yeah exactly
3: (laughs) It's a very Which, interesting take.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's something where you're just like, Mad Hatter takes over Arkham Asylum, because you're used to like Joker taking over in the video game and that type of stuff, or maybe Scarecrow or Hugo Strange, but Mad Hatter is not the first person you think of. But then when you see it play out, I'm like, oh, this actually makes more sense than anyone else because of the hats. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the mind yeah. control. So uh that's really great so i do want to do kind of a spoiler section on the ending but before we get to that i I want to sort of uh wrap it for the people who want the like lesser spoilers which is kind of going into why is it then you know we've gone through a lot of these we have been directing people to daily batman but why is the only way we can read these on your tumblr
3: that is a damn good question and something i have been trying to find out for Mm -hmm. years uh, since i discovered these um for some reason, they just are never they have not been reprinted. And while other Batman comic strips have been reprinted, mm-hmm. uh the Library of American Comics, which is which has published many different classic strips like Dick Tracy and Peanuts, um, they have been publishing the um the sixties Batman comic strips, which were another totally forgotten thing I had never heard of mm-hmm. until around the same time. Uh and so I wrote to uh, the editor in chief there, and asked if there would be any plans or potential to publish the A9 to 90 Batman comics, and he said he'd love to, but DC uh, won't has not given him the go ahead. That they're the DC DC is basically I, I got I got the impression they're saying no to it. So I was wondering, well, who has the rights? Could it mm-hmm. be the Newspaper Syndicate or is it DC? Um, I wrote to the Newspaper Syndicate. They said it was DC, and hmm. trying to write to DC has been impossible. There's, I mean, first of all, trying to find likely people who could possibly know this is
4: <laughs>
3: is impossible. But even if you find some the people, strip, yeah, I mean that there are there are they probably have got lots of. Dweebs like me coming up saying, "Hey, can you publish this thing I wanted? Uh, my very favorite comic. Why don't can you have a hardcover edition of this one issue at one time?" I please. So I get it. I get it. I I understand my uh my status is not uh, worth acknowledging. <laughs> but um, the, uh, the 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 short version is, I just truly really don't know why it's not being published. Mm which is especially sad to me because about bill mesner Loeb's, yep because he is a writer who has gone through a number of personal issues Mm -hmm. um a benefit to the point that there was a benefit in his name um several years ago yeah i didn't want to
1: say anything but i mean it's obvious from the picture he's missing his right hand
3: right and that's not even – that's the thing. He's, I think he's had that since childhood. Okay. But, that's, mm-hmm. but that's, that's not even part of his current health problems. Right. Okay. All right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, there was a uh, – <clears throat> basically from what I've read up, uh, unfortunately unfortunately, in 2018, Bill Meserlobes stated uh, that he was homeless and started a GoFundMe. And this is the image of that. At a certain point, he became a delivery driver for Panera for a few years, as well as a janitor for a local church. Keep in mind, this is Bill.
1: This happened. You have any info on that? Uh,
0: Whatever it would be, would be in the GoFundMe, but pretty much it sounds like a lot of unfortunate events happened uh, with illnesses, as well as uh, losing, losing his home. Uh, It's all sort of on the GoFundMe page on that. And, well, we do have some good news because we did intend to donate to the GoFundMe, only to find that do- the donations were paused. We don't know if this is related to that, but in digging into, okay, what's another way to contact Bill Mesler Loves to say, like, hey, like we're interested in doing it? We found that more recently he's gotten into commissions and independent comics. So uh, he is an artist. He's gone into commissions. Uh, and uh, we'll post the links to these in our YouTube des- description in the show notes. But to support Bill, you can buy commissions as well as follow uh, the Facebook group of fans of William Mesner Loeb's as well as a YouTube channel that he has called uh, Yeet Presents that goes into uh, these. But uh, this is a guy who had the ideas that we talked about earlier on where it's Harvey Dent and Bruce Wayne as friends. Harvey Dent on the Gotham City rooftop of Gordon and Batman that we'd see in Dark Knight. The two-headed coin being significant to Harvey and not just being the boss Moroni thing. The return of the Red Hood. Batman throwing coins at Two-Face with his wife slash fiance comforting him. These are all things that would end up showing up in Batman the Animated Series with the the Nolan films or the comics. And maybe they didn't actually – those people weren't directly influenced by it, but it was still – a case where this man went way, he he didn't just understand the assignment. He went beyond the assignment on this one Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. created one of probably the best Two-Face origins and a really in-depth look into Batman's role that had no business being this good for a newspaper comic strip. So that's why I thought it was important to bring up other ways to support somebody who played such a significant role that we should be at least mentioning him in the same way that we mention other batman writers like frank miller or paul dini or scott snyder or jeff loeb or all the others that we constantly mention even when they had like only maybe one or two major batman stories we still talk about them well this guy had you know at least a couple years worth of that uh on this run of that so uh check those out again we'll have the descriptions in the links below uh but that is uh those are the stuff that i wanted to share on bill Meserloves. you had did you have uh, more to add on that
3: no, not John. me. No, no, I'm I'm good. I, that you, that was that was great.
0: Awesome. Uh, so we're going to do a quick tangent, well, not really a tangent, but transition into spoiler ter- territory here to talk about sort of the ending of what happens in Arkham Asylum. For this, sorry, Andrew, but you weren't going to read it anyway, so uh, we're just going to go into it. <laughs> he knows you will. Yes. Yeah, so uh, if you're on YouTube, you can just skip to uh, the part, you know, to the comment section uh, or you can go to daily Batman, read the whole thing, then come back and listen to this discussion. So uh, let's, oh,
3: before, I wanted to actually, it's uh, it's, I think it's Batman slash daily. As Batman slash daily. I don't, I'm not sure if you, if you said that it was that the actual, well, I was calling
0: it daily Batman. Cause that's what the, the title is, but it is uh, as we can see here, uh yeah the the url for those who are listening in and aren't able to see it uh is batman-daily.tumblr.com
3: i just wanted to clarify because i made that way more confusing than it had to be (laughs) (laughs) it's
0: the daily batman but it's at batmandaily.tumblr
3: yes
0: (laughs) also uh make sure to start from um the final page if you want to start from the beginning
3: I because I, yeah, I posted them like a strip in a blog, the blog form once a day. Mm-hmm. So they're this is another reason why I'd love to have this actually collected because the way I have them posted here is not the best way to read it. And I originally had them all posted on, in order on my blog, but I took them, um, you know, the live journal, but I took them down because I would like to, you know, do what I can to make an actual collection of this happen. I'd yeah. love to mm-hmm. see this published as it should be.
5: You know, mm-hmm. like a book.
0: Yeah absolutely uh it would be a lot easier for me to find for people in general to find the specific like story arcs and and just flip through it especially if they reprint the color versions of them so uh that'd be really great i think
3: Uh, i should mention i actually have what since i posted those i was able to acquire all of the color sundays oh nice i managed to find uh color sunday reprints of them all i just haven't scanned them um Mm -hmm but yeah so i have a complete collection of the strips that i will mm. be hopefully rescanning. or fingers crossed i mean i would be very happy to donate these to be in a, in a collection if they don't have them handy anywhere else yeah yeah absolutely.
0: absolutely uh by the way here's the clay face uh on that so we have uh not just joker and two-face and arkham but we got penguin a catwoman that looks very unlike the catwoman we met in the max uh-huh. allen collins and marshall rogers arc and then we got uh Clayface saying the classic to be or not to be and i love that
2: penguin so, they sure did love yep. giving them some big old teeth and jaws. <laughs> i know
5: right
3: that's actually another thing i wanted to bring up is that mesner um carmine infantino mm-hmm. was not a fan of this strip
4: oh yeah yeah
3: um, oh um I, in, in one of those, uh, uh, I think, Alter Ego collections or comic book artist um, magazine, they interviewed him, and he did not like the strip. He thought the scripts were terrible, and you can actually see him getting lazier as, as the strips go on, which is another sad thing about these strips is that you, the, you get the chins jutting out, and mm-hmm. every there are always characters with these huge, long, pointy mustaches yeah. like Abracadabra from The Flash, which was an you know design. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. The abracadabra mustache keeps popping up in characters all throughout. I just mm. got a strong sense of Infantino just just getting his paycheck, waiting for the strip to run out, and getting ready to leave. And I feel, I mean, he's entitled to his opinion. Man, he was a he was an mm. editor. He he knew his comics but I can't agree. I disagree with the experienced legendary Batman artist
4: <laughs> editor.
0: Well, Andrew's always wanted to frame him as uh, the bad guy mobster just given his name, so we now have... He's no he now complete. He
1: mob ties. <laughs> he must have mob ties. I mean, early comics... Early comics world was kind of a mafia. It was partially mafia-driven, or something.
3: There's talk and talk about that. I've heard about the the mafia maybe owning the printing plates. Yeah. But you know, nothing substantiated. Not, Alan nothing Moore substantiated. seems
1: to make some claims concerning this as well.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, yeah. Who knows? Who?
3: Yeah. who I'm, I'm waiting for someone to talk before they're all dead.
1: <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna do you know do our contact information at the end as well, but let's just say a dc representative is watching this and they can't they they're going to turn it off as you know, soon so <laughs> how can a DC they rep already. contact you yeah how can I dc <laughs> rep contact you to get in touch about making this
3: well let's see i uh i have a work email and i have okay. my uh tumblr which they could reach me through but you know tumblr is a it's kind of a uh persona non grata in the blog world so i don't know if anyone would be up for that i'm available on twitter uh on about about faces about dash faces on twitter okay Uh, and you can get me through tumblr and i would i mean i would certainly hope that'd be enough i maybe i'll keep the uh, keep the business email to myself i don't know okay all
1: Mm -hmm. right yeah we'll just keep that out that's 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 enough they can direct mm -hmm. message you on twitter yeah Yeah. okay
0: all right, let's go into a little bit of this ending here for those who've already read it or just want to know what else happens in it. Uh, we have Batman disguising himself as Two Face.
1: <laughs> I like this. Two-Face in this,
0: <laughs> look at how huge that mouth is on Two Face, <laughs> by the
1: way. San <laughs> so, pointing, yeah, it's phoning it's so it in. as silly, I man. Say. It's so silly.
3: <laughs> Yeah, as he, as like I said, phoning it in. You can see how with going from that detailed, grotesque Two Face to he just kind of like big mouth, some lines. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I love the story so much; I'm willing to overlook it.
0: He's got but, a big cauliflower yeah. ear too. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah some he getting punched so much by Batman in, in that arc. <laughs> yeah. Um, So what? And this is wild. I'm not really sure how Mesner loves comes to this, but I do love it. Basically, Two Face and Batman switch places. In mm-hmm. this, because uh, Batman pretends to be Two Face in order to get to Mad Hatter, and Two Face is left with the bat suit. And when he finds out that Batman is in trouble, he's like, What do I do? I need to basically get out of the situation with Mad Hatter. And he looks at the cow and he says, Well, Zach, do you want to do a Two Face voice?
2: <laughs> oh. <clears throat> you want me to do the whole thing?
0: Uh, just the last two panels that oh. are very significant to Batman fans. <clears throat>
2: Criminals are a cowardly and superstitious lot. I shall become a bat.
0: Yay! So, <laughs> so <laughs> Two-Face becomes Batman. And Batman awesome. becomes Two-Face. In this. He's gonna
1: be able to see his fucking... Uh, the bottom of his fucking face. Anyway. It's it's a, a, was, no, no, a, his no. His turn.
3: There was a, no, no, he does he seriously does it like well, for, not in the panel before this, he does the Bell Lagosi uh double from Planet Nine and Outer Space thing. remember how, how Bell Lagosi died while filming Plan 9 from Outer Space? So they yes, yeah. hold the mask up over his face oh. and then to only the top of his head. Oh uh,
1: okay, I guess but that they, works.
3: So he did that. Of course, now now he's just there with his his cape hanging out, and so it mm-hmm. shouldn't uh it shouldn't work. But who cares? The shadow favors <laughs> yeah. that two face.
0: I do kind of love any sort of Two-Face pretends to be Batman type of thing because we also got that in that Brave and the Bold episode that uh, Gil Simone wrote uh, of the uh, Matches Malone. So I'm like, this is really, really cool because of the fact that I feel like Two-Face is kind of like another representation of somebody who uh, is like Bruce Wayne but went in a different direction. Uh, So to have this brought up is really interesting and I think it's it's cool because of the fact that he's the one who's most capable of redemption in spite of what a lot of writers do with him but he is the mo- one who's supposed to be the most capable of redemption that he's the one that you realistically see donning the bat suit to help out batman and not just pretend to be batman and cause more chaos and terror on oh, this so man. uh so this is great and then we get what hold on uh I skipped ahead oh uh, no it looks like but uh let me get to uh i'll search around for the panel uh on this but uh let's discuss then the fact that a lot of what bill messers Loeb's is trying to do is redeem harvey
5: Mm -hmm.
0: you know uh and i think that's something that we haven't really seen since the 40s you know the two-faced trilogy
3: no i don't i think this was the first time since Uh, Since the 1943 that Harvey was actually someone actually decided to make a redemption stick because Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like they realized when they redeemed him the first time that he couldn't have Two Face around as a villain anymore, and they wanted to keep keep that villain. Yeah. So they just decided to bring him back, and they got rid of anything that might have you know made him redeemable, like Gilda, his wife. The, uh, being around to pull him back to the side of the angels,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and they even killed him off like twice in the seventies, just cause. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Glenn Ween killed him off, and Bob Haney killed him off, and he was fine next month. But <laughs> no one quite they just want they wanted to have him be a villain,
4: mm-hmm.
3: and so the whole idea of him being redeemable just sort of fell to the wayside, as far as DC was concerned, until mm-hmm. Messner Lowe's. And yeah. the thing is, I think it's because they were getting canceled. Because yeah. of that was ending, he went, you know what? We're ending anyway. Let's just give it to him. Let's do it. Yep. Yeah. Shoot the and works. So
0: here it is, where Batman confronts Dent, and Dent flips the coin, and ends up saying the coin doesn't actually mean anything. And Batman takes off his mask to reveal that he's actually Harvey's best friend. That's and awesome. it ends with uh, Batman comforting a fallen Harvey Dent on here, which is an image like we just have not seen. Yeah. You know, Batman we just, we just never get to see this. <laughs> no, especially for his villains. No, Two Face is disfigured. He can't be. He can't be good. So, He's a like,
2: disfigured man, I'm just gonna kick him around and punch him. <laughs> <laughs> no, him this is
0: this is a hell of a way to to end it. And uh, we have basically, it seems like Harvey is somewhat cured by the end. His face is going to get fixed, and. It, it ends with sort of the redemption of Harvey. It doesn't really end so much with a a major character development of Batman uh, or any of the villains. It ends with the fulfillment of Harvey's character.
3: I think because it, what makes it really powerful is that Batman shows a sense of vulnerability mm-hmm. that he never can do in the ongoing comics because mm-hmm. that that could, that just changes the dynamic so much. Unless you give him give two base amnesia later on. You know, like Riddler style. Right. Yeah, man, <laughs> right. We'll just undo, sweep that <laughs> under the rug. But I <laughs> forgot <laughs> your secret identity. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Back to business as usual. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's the problem is that like the in this situation you kind of want to keep the status quo business yeah. wise. So I understand it, but also it, it cripples stories in a way. Uh, that's why it's kind of like it's almost a good thing that it was cancelled at this point because we were able to get this part.
3: Yeah, for all the for the few people who still had the newspaper syndicated <laughs> to them who actually would have read it.
0: Yeah. I feel,
3: like, I, I feel like whenever I would look up someone talking about the strip, they only would remember like the Maxon Collins and Marshall Rogers stuff and fewer and fewer would remember the stuff that came subsequently. So I feel like that came out to like a tiny little audience of crickets before it was quietly uh canceled yeah so this is this to me is one of the most moving and surprising and bold endings i've ever seen for a two-faced story and Mm -hmm. nobody read it
0: yeah and it's in a sunday comic strip that nobody can read (laughs) except on except on tumblr (laughs) so it's like it's, it's insane that this quality is presented in this medium as i keep saying so uh that is pretty much what You know, that's pretty much our coverage on the original Batman 89 sequel comic, the Sunday or the daily comic strips from uh, Bill Mesner Lowe's, Max Allen Collins, Marshall Rogers, Carmine Infantino and John Nyberg. And that is superhero stuff. You should know.
1: All right
0: we have a few comments a fan comments for us to go over so uh let's jump right into it so uh our first comment comes from uh somebody named king kazma uh so i'll pull it up right here king kazma says i had the first batman 89 batman and my brother had the joker he's talking about the kenner action (laughs) figure so this is a comment for you zach hey Uh, i used its extendable belt to hang him from a pole in my closet sadly he got loose and fell and when he hit the floor its head broke clean off that's very tragic. I was so sad my brother threw his joker to the floor and it broke like glass. Uh, these figures are really delicate and cheaply made. The Batman <laughs> Returns ones were much better.
2: <laughs> I read, read that comment today and... Good lord! Do they have bootlegs? Mine have lasted a long time. I don't, <laughs> what floor are I mean, they playing super on? Strong, super
1: strong, man. The super
2: strong kids.
3: <laughs> I think
1: <laughs> your survived being dragged
0: through the brick <laughs> when falling down. I don't know. That's right.
3: I think my Joker, like the Toy Biz Joker, the one who uh, squirted water out of the lapel. Mm-hmm. I think I think his arm fell off, or maybe I'm thinking of the Toy Biz Riddler. One of their arms fell off. Yeah. But the falling apart to that extent. I mean, damn.
2: Yeah, I, he's talking about the superpowers figures, and I can admit. So, I've got the loose superpowers Joker and the loose Toy Biz Joker. Many of them, and the loose superpowers one feels a little lighter. Uh, I think it, it may be a thinner plastic, or it's possible a cheaper plastic. But it doesn't—it doesn't feel as like weighty and hefty as the Toy Biz Joker. So, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, as far as like what the process was and what plastics were mm-hmm. used, but. I kind of see what he's saying. I never was quite that rough with my toys. But, um, <laughs> but, uh, hey, I, yeah.
3: I have a 10 year old. They can be, they can be rough, that rough mm. with the toys. I understand. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah.
2: I just treasured <laughs> my toys so much, other than like I told Ben, like when I scraped their faces against that brick wall to reenact Chet Nicholson falling off of the cathedral. <laughs> so, <A> it's <little> <laughs> a little too rough. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Of course, I think they m- maybe in some way they're just like, yeah, but that just means that they'll come back to the store and get another one type of thing. That's at that right. Time. So that's probably <laughs> the thinking on that. Uh, but yeah, thank you, King Kasma. Yeah. Uh, next person is Ooh. a really long comment. This is for you, Andrew, on the wow. Superman Gosh. video game. This is from C-Mac. Yeah. Uh says, I love Superman and have been thinking about how a good game could be made for several years. I think the reason people get Superman games wrong is because they think they need to fight super strong enemies in guise of kryptonite because Superman is invincible and all that. I would do it differently. I don't think people realize that's not really Superman's weakness. Superman's real weakness is that he cares about humanity. Uh, already, there's more understanding here in this comment than a lot of people with Superman. Uh, you have to make a game system where the player is forced to approach each enemy a certain way. You have to limit your powers. So here's how I would start it. Uh, you start playing as Superman. Then, as people go crazy and start throwing cars, killing people, smashing things, and ruining the city, the voice of Jor-el would come in and say,
2: <laughs> "My son, you have fallen away from your destiny."
0: <laughs> and as you rack up your wanted meter or something like that, you lose hero points. Eventually, uh, excuse me. Eventually, if you go crazy, Martian Manhunter would shoot you and take away your abilities. You then cut to a scene of a world without Superman. and The player would realize how critical it is to be good. Eventually, by saving people with no power, you can restore your Superman status. This is really fascinating. Uh, Each mission uh, or encounter would be subject to this condition. So if you have to deal with some thug, Superman says, I can't kill them, just knock them out. Different enemies would require conditions. So by following this way, uh, you would get hero points, which would translate into new moves and items for taking down enemies. So it would be like you got to buy new um, moves to take out thugs quickly, and each mission could have uh, a timer that you can actually see. Everything in Superman movies and shows seems to have a racing clock, like 10 seconds to smack away all the bullets, Uh, like five minutes to stop the bomb, 20 minutes to get... uh, Lois without breaking through so many walls. Superman's challenge isn't that he's allergic to kryptonite, but that he cares about whether he destroys buildings or messes up and people die. The challenge becomes the player's ability to figure out how to solve a problem, not how Superman is OP. As people die or he breaks things, the Daily Planet can report on it and he can lose more points, which is a current, uh, currency for all kinds of stuff. Maybe like, sorry, I'm, my eyes are just completely shot right now <laughs> looking at this. <laughs> Maybe like favor or charm to get the inside scoop uh, on another story or mission. And then eventually you can add in kryptonite bad guys and Superman can unload it with full force. If you smash a bunch of stuff, uh, Clark Kent uh, issues charm or loses charm. Sorry. And when he asked about the next mission, he. Um, no one tells him. superman could be a great game but you can't assume that superman has to kill everybody
1: okay Thank, thanks for that uh for putting that in this episode ben uh yeah so
0: i'm gonna put in eye drops
1: i okay go ahead i'll talk while you do that <laughs> so the i i like this aspect of it being um a fight that you have to figure out in a puzzle making a puzzle way mm-hmm. uh I don't personally like the Dark Souls series that much, and the Bloodborne because it's just so fucking hard. But there is something, and well, I do like uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Uh, but uh, all three of those games, there is a little bit of like it's not just a hack and slash. You really have to figure out. I have to, I have to roll this way, or the enemy winces at this point. Like it's, it's a strategic. Hack and slash, I guess you could say, and they're known to be very hard because you die like a shitload before you figure out how to beat the the uh, character, so or the enemy. So if they were to kind of, uh, you know, incorporate that kind of strategic fighting in a Superman game, that would be really cool. I hadn't thought about it. It's called they call it the Soulsborne genre now because Dark yeah. Souls and Bloodborne. Uh, created this kind of subgenre that's been popular for the past five or six years and if they made Superman a Soulsborne game that would be uh yeah that'd be cool this is a good idea from from the from this guy
0: Mm -hmm. yep so thank you for leaving that comment C Mac uh and then on to the last one Joe Effect 10 uh this is on our what you didn't know about Superman 78 part 5. Uh, he says, you guys plan to cover Superman 2 and the Donner Cut? Yes, we do. It's just going to be a lot of work. <laughs> that one's been in the,
1: that it's one's coming, been, been in the oven for the a while. It's been Superman the hopper, man. It's in <laughs> the hopper. Don't even worry about it.
0: That's one that I'm sure you guys could make two-hour podcasts on. We're trying to cut down on this stuff, Joel Effect 10. Oh, yeah. uh, overall, both movies have their pros and cons, but if I take Donner Cut for what it is and a product of its time, it's in my top three live-action Superman movies, although Smallville still has the best luther i've ever seen yet uh in my opinion best luther origin could be another solid app that could be interesting too uh we did do kind of a lex luther deep dive for the whole uh, jesse eisenberg thing but it could be interesting to explore more of lex luther we've definitely been exploring different ideas of how to continue doing some superman coverage so thank you for that and i think that is it for the comments over to andrew
1: oh man thank you for those comments y'all and uh, we want to thank our Patreon subscribers Who are Shasta Leom O Super Infaman, Man Douglas P. Dandy, Aaron Willett Nick Noir <laughs> Jesse E Jeffrey R Scott V Asgers Webb Jeremy H Alex of the What Mean Podcast Ian Justice Jared P And Paul C Then our other supporters who include Spark Again, STCT Productions Robert Schumann Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B, Shamrock Balls, Ian H., Walter the Wobot, John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam, and Tway N. Then, thank you guys for that. And um, hold on, let me click out of this shit. And then, (laughs) all right, so uh, join our Patreon, and you can be on this list if you join the $1 tier. And then, uh, if you pay the five dollars, you, you you get on that tier as well. But plus, you get a whole other show every Friday, and um, it's deep dives and extra commentary and stuff like that. It's it's uh, yeah, it's a complete. Oh, uh, you know, it's double the fun. So uh, yeah, every Friday. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, as because this shows every Monday, so there you go. And then we have a monthly live show tier. That's where you can interact with us live, and uh, while we uh, basically react. Uh, you know uh mystery science theater 3000 style all together having fun uh to um various uh batman things and other comic things but of course batman's gonna take priority <laughs> and then um please uh check out our red bubble store uh superhousepod.redbubble.com and superhero stuffpod.threadless.com uh <laughs> it's gonna <laughs> happen someday. But the Zachula Joker it's Halloween
0: 2023.
1: It's coming. Yes, it's coming. see him. <laughs> so <laughs> Ben and with Wizard Mugs, shirts, shower curtains, whatever. Artwork by Wolfie Cruz. Uh check that out and uh get your merch there. And uh also uh please send us an audio clip of uh whatever you want and uh send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com and also please animate our sketches and uh, hashtag it in the corner somewhere, and uh, just let us know that you did it. Uh, <laughs> it would, don't animate and then not tell us. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please tell us. But yeah, please, uh, so yeah, there you go. And then um, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. Thunderwolf lives on YouTube with my other more Japanese culture and gaming kind of content there and thunderwolfdrew.com has my portfolio all in one place except for amanorecon.com that's a-m-a-n-o-r-e-c-o-n.com that is a uh short film that i'm working on now uh and um it's going to be an indiegogo thing that's like kickstarter uh but it's that it's indiegogo is a little bit better for uh short films and um we are going to do a campaign for funding for a larger project. The project and the poster is by Zach, by the way. Thanks again, Zach. A fucking sweet ass poster. Yeah. And um, think R-rated Stranger Things um, mixed with Power Rangers and X Files. Now it's not. It is not a fan film of any of those things. It's an original idea. But if I want to get it across to you quickly, this is my. Ele- that's my elevator pitch. So. Uh, check that out again. It's amanoreco dot com. Ben,
0: A shout out to Comic Capital on Instagram as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. You can follow us on social media at Twitter on Superhouse Pod, Instagram at Superhero Stuff Pod, uh, TikTok at Superhero Stuff Pod. Vero, a superhero stuff pod, if you're a Snyder, Snyder
1: fan. do you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Oh, <Lord.
0: laughs> um, my <laughs> website is uh, benwanrider.com. Uh, my YouTube channel is in the description below and has thumbnails by Zach himself. Uh, there's also uh, Early Bird. Early Bird is an upcoming kids comic, uh, potentially more. And uh, it is in the style of uh, Batman 66 type stuff, but with original characters so uh dr. you can check that out and dr jimson is in it yes so <laughs> MD,
1: just look at, at him <laughs> at earl
0: earl hyphen e bird.com
1: just look at him
0: he's more of a scientist he's more of a phd zach
1: <laughs> okay
0: so uh, so, uh it my personal official. yes <laughs> my personal instagram <laughs> is uh ben ron what ben Juan writer my cat's instagram my son's instagram is alfie pennyworth cat if you want to follow a ginger cat with an Alfred theme. And if you also have an Alfie or some sort of cat of your own, then get whisker box. We have our own promo code uh, or link for whisker box in our affiliates link. And if you have a cat, then you can get them a special box of treats every month. And if you don't have a cat and you have a dog, then that's okay too, because we uh, have basically bark box. We are covered on either dogs or cats on this. So we you can got all use, the bases covered. Yeah, we got the links. Except we don't have bubble, bubble, box. bubble
1: box. Yeah, <laughs> no <laughs> bubble box for <It's> Sorry. <laughs>
0: That's in the link. We got bidets, but we don't have bubble We're box.
1: We're slinging bidets too yeah. yeah.
0: So you can use the uh, <laughs> link that we described in the promo and you can get your first month off a value at $35 uh, for Bark Box to get your dog uh, another special box of treats each month. And, uh, all that stuff is at superhero stuffpod.com slash shop, where you can also find other links for the merchandise stuff that Andrew was talking about, the days for your hiney, uh eBay <laughs> stuff for uh, you know Batman action figures, different Amazon affiliate links. All that stuff is at superheropod.com slash shop. Over to Zach. Well,
1: It'd be if cool if Barkbox like, started to carry uh, the uh, fucking interrupts. <laughs> Sorry, <bones> <laughs> the Bert Ward shit. <laughs>
5: Go ahead, Andrew. <laughs> Go ahead.
1: I just said it. I missed it. The Burt the Burt Ward fucking shit should be on giants. Gentle Giants should be on Gentle bar giants,
2: gentle giant be the on gentle bar giants up there, Ben. get ward on here one day. <laughs> oh. Zach. Well, if you'd like to see more of my artwork, not just what's featured in our thumbnails. You can go to Zachary Jackson and you can also find me on Instagram, on TikTok, and on YouTubes. Just look up Zachary Jackson Brown Art.
0: Yep. And uh, to our guest, John, um, bring up some of the things that people can find you on. So we got Daily Batman, but we've also got About Faces, right?
3: Yep. Yeah, about Faces is my main Two Face blog. It's about faces at tumblr.com. Uh, I've also been um, dipping my toe for the br- for a brief time back on the live journal one. If anyone is brave brave enough <laughs> to return to the abandoned playground that is the haunted abandoned playground that is live journal, I've started. It's posting still on. around. It's still around. It's just really Russian. It's <laughs> Russian now. Well, yeah, it's been it's been that for years and years. Did you have I a Zanga? to update Did you, my own blog there for all? Oh, man, Zanga. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that was the pre-live journal. That's going way back.
3: I mean, there was we Usenet, no, even before. But no, I've yeah. been uh, I've been updating the old live journal. I think wants to see the, some of the old archives. But mainly stick to uh, about-faces at Tumblr.com or about-faces at Twitter, where I am now only now starting to actually crawl to Twitter and figuring out how to become <laughs> comfortable with it. Mm. So that's probably where I'm going to have to just resign myself to uh, getting used to being mostly, but I still will stick by Tumblr until it dies.
2: <laughs> you got to hit awesome, up MySpace sometime, man. Eh? I feel like uh, the next big thing. MySpace. We'll make it
0: at some
3: point. <laughs> uh.
0: And then, of course, Batman daily.tumblr.com.
3: Yep, that's that's where the that's where the strip currently lives mm-hmm. until such time as will hopefully be published, in which case, if DC asks me to, I will take it down quite happily mm-hmm. if, if it ever gets published.
0: Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, and with that, that is it. That is the original 89 sequel comic.
3: That's and awesome. Thank
1: uh, you. Thank you, man. Thanks for coming on. Yep, thank it's you been for great. Coming on. Yeah, thank it was you a so pleasure.
3: It, it was an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. And uh want you to do us a favor i
0: want Hold you out. to tell oh, i want <laughs> you to tell all your friends about us see ya
5: Indeed.
1: superhero stuff you should know is part of the greenlit podcast network
3: you're listening to
5: the geekscape network